You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. And welcome to the Week Ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. Chuck, uh, how are you doing today? I know you went on a camping trip this weekend. Was that fun? Yeah. Oh, actually, it was a blast. Yeah. It was um, every every year uh, we go with my brother and his family, and he has two daughters the same, basically like the same exact age as my kids. <laughs> his oldest one is like six months younger, and his youngest one is three months older than my youngest. So they. They go do their kid thing and just play and have fun, and it's great. Mm-hmm. We went up to the North Shore of Lake Superior, which is just beautiful, and couldn't have had nicer weather. I mean, it was in the 80s and lower 90s, and Lake Superior is just gorgeous, and yeah, it was perfect. Perfect. How guys, about you? Do, do you guys do like canoeing or fishing or hiking or just hanging out? Sometimes, yes, but this weekend, it was more just going to the beach and letting the girls swim and... Hanging out in Lake Superior. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, we're Minnesotans, wow. so you can swim in you know forty fifty degrees, whatever it is. It is cold. <laughs> I yeah. waded in. I waded in. I didn't go swimming, but I waded in, and uh, I've swam in Lake Superior before. It's 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 a little chilly, but it's uh, really cold. Yeah. yeah. Same with Lake Michigan. We actually <laughs> went. We wanted to go swimming, but we knew that we wouldn't want to go in Lake Michigan, so we drove like southwest of the city and found like a little lake in a wilderness area and went swimming there. So that was nice. I think that if, um, it hadn't been so hot, it was really hot. Yeah. And so I think the heat, you know, kind of made it, um, you know, made it, made it work. Uh, it had been, you know, had it been in the seventies, maybe not so much, but it's funny because people who are not from, you know, states with a lot of lakes think that swimming in a lake is crazy. And like, I, I, I grew up, I never swam in a swimming pool. I mean, until I was like in my teens, Mm -hmm. I guess that's not true. We had the YMCA and I swam there, but I mean, it, for every one time I swam in a pool, I'd swim, uh, you know, a hundred times in a lake. I mean, we just swam in a lake all the time. That's what we did. Today you published an article in response to something that our good friend and longtime member Johnny Sanfilippo had posted on his blog last week. Um, and he was basically just sharing a, a somewhat pessimistic view about the future of America uh, and saying that, you know, perhaps our efforts as strong towns are ultimately going to be futile because everything is going to collapse. Is that a... <laughs> is that a good short summary? Yeah. You know, Johnny and I... I it was much more nuanced than that. Johnny I've debated this before. Guy. Yeah. I, I think sometimes he gets uh, uh, annoyed or frustrated with us because, you know, I, I come from this professional background and, you know, we're both... You and I in particular are Minnesotans. So we, like Johnny likes to say, uh, you know, if there's an earthquake in Haiti, you guys rush out to send them hot dish. Um mm-hmm. You know, he, he thinks we're kind of do-gooders sometimes, but uh, I, I, I think his frustration with us is along the lines of, you know, can we change these big systems before they fall apart? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if, you, uh, if you read our site, 
um, and you follow us on social media, we certainly are recommending or, or discussing or, or having as part of our dialogue a lot of things that places can do to make things better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think the question comes in, like, how effective, for example, you know, we talk a lot about making sure our neighborhoods are walkable. Well, you know, as a strategy to avoid uh, the pain of the transition that I, I see us going through, is that really like a viable strategy? Are you just banging your head against a wall? Are you fighting, you know, lots of bureaucracy that's probably just going to melt away at some point? Mm-hmm. You know, is it worth the, the, as John Anderson would put it, the return on brain damage? Hmm. I don't know. I, I, you know, and I think it's a fair critique. Um, but it's what, you know, I, I don't know what else to do, really. I mean, I kind of feel like we have to work at it in a sense. Yeah. And I also feel like, you know, we're realistic in the sense that we're not trying to solve all these problems. Uh, we're just trying. If, if, if the only thing at the end of the day that Strong Towns accomplishes, which I, I think we're going to accomplish more than this, but if this is, if all we can do is get people to actually understand the problem so they don't blame everybody else for it, Mm -hmm. we we will have contributed mightily to the world. I look at my friends and and dialogues going on that that I intersect with. And, you know, last week, uh, just for two examples, I had one person that I'm friends with who uh, said, you know, when Republicans watch uh, Star Wars, do they cheer for the emperor? And, you know, I, I just noted to them, like, you know, uh, just so you know, like they would people who identify as Republicans would probably say the same things about Democrats. Yeah. And of course, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, that's so stupid. And they, they, they there was this whole like big thread about how they think, the, you know, would think like Palpatine is the greatest. And and then on the other side, you know, I have Republican friends that I have who were saying basically like similar things about people on the left. You know, do they just want to destroy America? Mm-hmm. You realize that nobody in a position really to do anything about this stuff is doing anything but just pointing fingers at the other tribe. Mm-hmm. And when I step back, I, 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 I believe that these are big social problems. You know, I, I've made it a, a strong point in the curbside chat over the last year to point out that the Ponzi scheme is not like a problem of the left or a problem of the right. It's a human failing. This is how we're wired. Psychologists get this. They, they call it temporal discounting. We, as humans, value uh, you know, positive feedback today, and we deeply discount negative feedback that it may happen far into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is why people smoke. This is why people uh, don't exercise. You know, we, I'm not going to be the person who gets heart disease. You know, that, that will happen to the person 40 years from now, but it won't be me. And of course, 40 years from now, it is you because you've spent 40 years not exercising and, and eating poorly. We're not wired as humans to, to you know, have... The, this is why the debate on climate change, you know, borders on like the frantic and the fanatical. You know, mm-hmm. we, we're not uh, wired to take into account long, the long-term consequences of our actions. We're just, mm-hmm. humans are not wired that way. That's like inside us. That's not the way that we evolved. And so, you know, I, 
I think if we're going to just blame each other, not only are we not going to actually recognize and, and address the problems, um, but I, I think we're going to make things worse. So if, if all we do as a, as a movement is explain this general decline in ways that people can grasp and understand, um, I think we will have done something. I think we can do a lot more than that, but if that's it, Johnny should be happy with with just that, right? Yeah. I think one step above that that we can be pretty sure that our message is communicating is at least stop. Like, stop building the stuff that is just bankrupting us even more. Stop building the highways that have no purpose and the endless subdivisions that aren't connected to anything. Um, it, It still amazes me. I guess I spend so much time in my little neighborhood, in my town, that when I leave the city and I see, you know, these new subdivisions under construction and new big box stores under construction, it like, it blows my mind that that's still happening because I'm, I'm in the strong towns bubble a little bit and I forget that not everyone realizes how crazy that is. So yeah. it that is, is astounding. one big purpose of our message, even if we can't change the trajectory of the America, you know, in a dramatic way, we can at least stop people from doing the dumb stuff. Well, and it is astounding because you know we share. There's been this rash of articles in the last four to six months that that we've been sharing about the demise of the mall and how malls yeah. are imploding and, and big box stores are going out of business. And I mean, here in in my neighboring city of Baxter, uh, the Gander Mountain, the <laughs> J.C. Penney's, these two huge big box stores are both closing down. Yeah, and, we got a Gander Mountain going out of business right right near me too. Yeah. And at the same time, the city is spending millions of dollars to like punch this, uh, this connection through across the train tracks so they can have a highway, basically like a four lane highway scaled, uh, local road parallel to the highway. This isn't a frontage road. It's like a parallel highway, um, so that they can get more big box development and, you look at it and you're like, how is, how is anyone thinking here? Um, you know, why is this occurring? Yeah. And you realize that, oh, we have, we have a lot of work to do. We, we still have a ton, you know, I, our movement has grown and there's people talking about this all over the place. And, and I know the people in, you know, Baxter have heard of this stuff, um, but they're still doing it. And I think that just means that, you know, we, uh, we are not at a million people who care yet. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about something that I did last week, which was host our uh, Strong Talk episode on Friday. Yeah. Um, and it was really good. It was a very good conversation. Um, I'll just toot my own horn for putting it together. But uh, really, it was about the people who, who participated. Um, so our topic was... Well, hang on of, a sec. Yeah. Because uh, I, I missed it. I was heading out of town to go yeah. camping. Um Talk a little bit about because I I don't know as our podcast listeners know what strong talk is. Can you just explain like what what it is and what we're trying to do with it? Yeah, it's just uh, almost every week we try to do it on Fridays around the lunchtime hour. Um, it's just a little thirty minute uh, webcast live where we 
bring in some interesting people. Most of them are members of strong towns or connected to us in some way to talk about something that's been um, a relevant issue on our site or in current events. Um, so this time I decided to do it focused on um, residents versus tourists and whether you build your downtown to cater to residents or tourists or whether you can try to do both and whether you do that with large uh, influxes of cash and big projects or more small-scale projects. So this was inspired by one of our members, Arian Horbovitz, who's written some articles on this topic. Um, he lives in upstate New York, so he's seen this happen in several small towns in upstate New York. And I also brought in uh, Kate Durio, who lives in Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, she works for the government there um, doing downtown revitalization. And then we had uh, Jonathan Holf of Grand Forks, North Dakota, who is a Strong Towns member, um, owns several restaurants in Grand Forks area, and then he's now the president of a new, um, of a downtown organization in, in that region. So it was a, it was a good mix of people working in government, in business, nonprofit, um, obviously really different regions. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really good conversation. I would encourage anyone to go back and uh, listen to that. They're all saved on our YouTube page, and it's just like a 30-minute chat. It, I think the thing about Strong Talk that I'm, I'm liking is that it's, a, it's another forum uh, to have these conversations. You know, we, we write a lot of stuff. Uh, we do the podcast, and I think those are great places to connect with people. Um, but there's a lot of people who are video people, and I think to be able to, uh, you know, see some of our members, hear directly from them, have them chat with each other and, and talk about this stuff, uh, I, I'm just really excited about the potential for it. And, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually watch this one because it, uh, it looked like a really good conversation. So I'd like to take a minute to welcome our newest members and thank our renewing members of Strong Towns. Last week, the people that supported us specifically were Angela Clinton of Swansboro, North Carolina, Robin LeBlanc of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Kurt Martig of Portland, Oregon, BJ Owens of Greensboro, North Carolina, Alexander Walls of Jacksonville, North Carolina, and Victoria Wheeler of McAllister, Oklahoma. Thank you to all the North Carolina people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that was a, a highlight of last week. So thanks to everyone who supports us on a regular basis or who just joined us or who just renewed. Um, that all means a lot and helps us continue this work. So what have you been reading or listening to lately, Chuck? Did you get uh, well, to do I, some reading on your camping trip? Yeah. I, I finished up Animal Farm, which is not actually like a really long book, but um... – Mm -hmm. it, it was so interesting. And it's funny because I was talking to my wife and, and I, I, had, I had listened to uh, Econ Talk podcast uh, with Russ Roberts where they were chatting about Orwell and, and Churchill. And I just said, you know, I'm going to pick up Animal Farm and, and read it. And, um, you know, it, 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 they talked in the Russ Roberts podcast about how Orwell you know, wrote this and then there were, he got all these death threats from you know communist activists who thought this was a you know a horrible book and um you know misrepresentation and they they it was it was like the uh satanic uh, verses or whatever the what was the uh, Salman Rushdie book Oh I don't remember Yeah it was like the, it was like the fatwa of its day except not you know the islamic fatwa it was the uh, the communists putting out like you know yeah. take this guy out and, um, you know, so it, 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 you could, once I read it, I'm like, oh yeah, that, uh, that's very interesting. 
Um, but I talked to my wife a little bit about it, and she said that the book is kind of making a comeback today because of you know its its relevance with the whole fake news, you know, what's truth, what is reality kind of thing. And, and I, I get that too. There's a certain aspect to it. Um, you know, Orwellian has a, 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 the word Orwellian has a, a connotation to it of, you know, big government looking over your shoulder and controlling what you say and what you do. And Animal Farm, it was just a, it was a, it was a, I can see why it stood the test of time. It's a very well-written book. Uh, you get a sense of how things go from, you know, the one, everybody happy and, and kind of working towards the same thing to something very different. And, uh, the ending was, uh, you know, one of those things that kind of put the book down and just thought about things for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. So I would, I, I, I think you could read it in maybe like three hours and, uh, I, I'd recommend people do it. I, I think it's relevant today and I think it's, uh, you know, was relevant back then and it will probably be relevant 50 years from now. Any favorite podcasts these days? Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned last week that, uh, I was waiting for the next hardcore history to come out. And uh, a good friend of mine emailed me and said, you got to try this Revolutions podcast. And Mm. I I had tried it. I can't remember who recommended it to me. It might have been you or Max or Kia who recommended it to me. Um, Yeah, it sounds like a Max thing maybe. Yeah, someone did. And I had tried it. And I'd gotten through like two episodes and I wasn't into it. it. It wasn't doing it for me. And, uh, this friend of mine, Andy Malone, he, uh, he said, um, give it some more time. He said, it took me like four or five episodes to, to get into it. And I mean, there, I, I want to say there's like 150 episodes in this, uh, podcast. So, uh, you wow. know, I've got a ways to go. So, uh, so I said, okay, I'll, I'll try it. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of into it now. It's pretty good. They're, they're talking about the, um, uh, basically like the, the prelude up to the English civil war. And the Civil War is about to start at the point where I'm at right now. And I think it's a it's a it's in the 1600s. So it's kind of a fascinating backdrop into the psyche that really created the American Revolution. And this, you know, tension that the British Parliament had with the king and and how like power was devolved ultimately over time. And I just I I think it's very good. So I've been kind of devouring those lately. And um and All Star Break is over, so I got to get back to listening to the Twins, which wasn't very fun this weekend. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I need to get down there and watch a Twins game. My grandpa is very into baseball, and but he's getting on in age, so he can't like go to a game by himself. But I've been thinking I should head down to Minneapolis and take him to a game. Well, Target Field's amazing, and Stella and I... Yeah, it really is. Stella and I go to a game every year when my wife and my oldest daughter, Chloe, go to... uh, They they go to the Boundary Waters every year, the the wilderness area in northern Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, They take a a trip there with with my wife's family, and Stella and I stay back and have been going to, uh, to ball games. But this year, um, she has this thing called Dance Intensive. Ooh. Um, yeah, which, you know, she's old enough now where she's really involved in activities and it's like an all day dance camp for like the whole time my wife is gone. So what so are you going to do? Sit around bored? Yeah, I'm going to be depressed because like this used to be like my one on one time with uh, with Stella. And now, um, yeah, I'm going to drop her off at dance intensive and I can't even stay and watch or anything. So I, I suppose I'll have to work. 
So are you guys still doing the uh, like writer's workshop thing that you do with your kids every summer? You know, I, no. And I was thinking about that this weekend, how like I kind of felt sad about that. Um, they both have laptops now, uh, which are really like hand-me-down laptops, and they use Google um, uh, Documents. And they have written, I, I, you know, they're kids' books. Um, but, you know, they'll sit down in an afternoon and write like eight, nine pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're writing stories. And I've read some of them. They're kind of fun. They wrote uh, together collaboratively a persuasive letter of why we should get uh, dachshunds. Hmm. Um, <laughs> one of my Chloe's. You uh, already friend, have two dogs. That I know we have lot. two dogs. Yeah, I know. But they these would be indoor dogs, and I'll I'll send you the letter. It's a persuasive letter. They uh, make a good case. Um, yeah, I'm not getting. No, we're not. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> they uh, you know very earnestly worked on this and put in photos and all this stuff to make the case. Uh, they write more now than they did when we were doing writers' workshop, but mm-hmm. it's. It's on their own. They go up in the attic, the two of them, and uh, sit there all day and listen to music and write. And it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. But like dad's, you know, left out uh, the mix a little bit. And uh, mm-hmm. I just get the finished product, not the uh, not the journey, which the journey is part of the fun of writing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We're doing we're doing softball and softball. It's amazing how much of your life that takes up because um, I'm the head coach now. After, after, after three years of being the assistant, I'm now the head coach and, uh, boy, you got to get there early and, uh, you know, stay late and it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. Um, and we're doing pretty well too. So it's been a good season, but it's kind of one of those father daughter bonding things too. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we will wrap it up for today, but we've got a good podcast for you on Thursday and our usual slate of awesome content throughout the week. So stay tuned and have a great week, everyone. Take care. Yeah. Have a great week. We need your help. If you think the strong town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of strong towns at strongtowns.org.